So thank you. <clears throat> We're so thankful to have all of you to be here today. Thank you guys for coming. We are in a brand new message series that we're kicking off today, today. And the title of our message series is called, can you read it on your card? It's not that bad. <coughs> it's, not that bad. it's just not that bad. Um, and the reason we're calling it that is, is because there, w- what we're doing today is we're looking, and in this series, is we're looking at three different times. Our series this, this time is only, last, we just got done with a seven-week series. This one is only three weeks long. And we're looking at three different times that angels appeared (coughs) in the Christmas story. And uh, we're looking at, (coughs) sorry, (coughs) need some water or something, but we're looking at their lives at, hold on a second, excuse me. So hopefully I can make it through. All right, we'll see. It's not that bad, bad, right? Okay, thanks. (laughs) You always help me with my messages, Donovan, one way or another. You always help me with my messages. I love it. So we're looking at these three times that angels appeared in the Christmas story. And you would think that an angel appearing would freak people out. It would freak people out, but it wouldn't freak them out because an angel appeared to them. Although you would think that that's, it's actually the, what they say to the people that freaks them out. And so the angel ends up saying in some way or another, hey, hey, calm down. It's not that bad. And so we're going to look at that today. If you have your Bibles, let's look at Luke chapter 1, and we're going to start at verse 26, and then we're going to go all the way through. And what we're looking at today is a young virgin girl named Mary, and what happened when an angel appeared to her, okay? So if you have your Bibles, you can look that up. You can also take notes however you want. Um, And then next week, we're going to look at her fiancé when an angel appears to her fiance, her counterpart, and what happens and and all that stuff, okay? So today, I want to talk to you about the fear that we get when God asks us to do something. Why is it, somebody answer that, why is it that we are afraid to do what God asks us to do? I have two, there's a bunch of different reasons why, but I have two reasons why I think we are afraid to do what God asks us to do. So the first one, if you're taking notes, it comes from a thought that I actually initiated a few weeks ago when I uh, gave a message here about interruptions. And I developed the thought a little more because as I was going through this passage and reading uh, Luke chapter 1, I thought it goes back to that point that I talked about a couple weeks ago about interruptions. And, and it's this thought that one of the reasons why I think we're afraid to do what God invite, asks us to do is because we think it's an interruption to our plan. And so because we think it's an interruption, we're like, ah, you're freaking me out, you know, and we go crazy. And this is kind of sort of what happens in this story as well. So let's pick it up in Luke uh, chapter 1. <clears throat> Verse 26, right? Verse 26, and then we'll, we'll go through verse 29 and, and move on from there. All right, so here's the story. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Okay, let's just pause right there. Elizabeth, we haven't even talked about Elizabeth. Who's Elizabeth? Let's talk about what Elizabeth is. Elizabeth is a relative of Mary, and it just so happens that there was another angel sighting. Actually, this is in the whole 
narrative of the Christmas story, this is actually the first angel sighting. We're not going to really go into detail, but just for clarification, context purposes, we're going to talk a little bit about who Elizabeth is. So in Luke chapter 1, this Elizabeth is pregnant. Now, why is this important? Because Elizabeth is way too old to have a baby. She's way too old to have a baby. So it's a significant moment, and this angel appears to her and tells her this, okay? So now, in the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, by the way, she ends up giving birth to one of the most important people in the whole story in the New Testament, John the Baptist, and, but we're not going to go into detail that, but that's just a little background, right? Oh, uh, look at you, sweet. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much. Blessings on you. It's hot. I'm going to let it cool down. Thank you so much. Awesome. So verse 26 again. Now, an angel comes to Mary, and the Bible says, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. So let's talk about this for, for just for starters. So an angel appears. I think a lot of times in our culture, when we think of an angel, we think of like this bald, naked, right, little baby with an arrow, right? And, and so, but that's not at all what the scriptures, when they talk about angels, it's a totally different ballgame. This angels in the Bible um, are warlike. They're fierce creatures. They're ready to go to battle. They can, they can take down a nation, and they can as well protect a baby. So this is actually more biblical of that, okay? So it's not these angels. They're, they're totally different. And so this angel is one of actually two angels. There's actually only two angels named in the Bible. In the whole entire Bible, there's only two angels that serve the Lord that are named. One of them is the one here in this passage, and the other one is Michael, the archangel. Okay, so Gabriel is this one, and he's in this story. He appears to Mary, and this, the story goes in verse 27. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David, verse 28. Gabriel, the angel, appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. So apparently we have a really polite angel who appears. He's got manners, right? Greetings, he says, right? The Lord is with you. Now, is she excited about this angel appearing to her? Is she like, wow, awesome angel? Actually, no, she's not, right? I mean, you would think she would be, but she's actually freaking out because of what the angel says. Not so much that there's an angel. You and I would freak out. No, it's because of what he's, why did she just, call, why did this Gabriel call me highly favored? Why did, what's going on? So verse 29, confused and disturbed, right? She's confused and disturbed. Here she is. She's like, what is going on? We keep reading. Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. So let's look at a little bit at the backstory here of what's happening. So Mary, according to the culture at that time, would have been about 14, 15, or 16 years old because we know this because culturally that was customary for a young girl at that age to get married, to get ready to get married. So she's about 14, 15, and 16, or 16, and imagine her world, right? She just turned 14, and she's like, ooh, I got a fiance, I'm about to get married. I mean, today, in our culture today, a 14 or 15-year-old is probably thinking, keen, say, keen, say, right there, right? Sweet, 16 candles, they're gonna celebrate. Not in this culture. In this culture, she's really going to get married. I mean, you know, the big to-do is actually for a real marriage. And so, you know, she's probably thinking about baby names, you know, like, what am I going to name my daughter? I, I, my wedding is coming up, you know, Myra and Giselle. I don't know. I like those names. And so, you know, she's thinking about names and planning out her wedding. And all of a sudden, 
she gets what you and I would see as an interruption. A Gabriel, an angel, appears to her. So this is what's going on in her mind, right? And so what happened? God interrupts her, but he interrupts her with an invitation, something that's way, way better than what she is thinking in her mind. So the angel of the Lord appears to this girl who has her whole life planned out already. She's planning her wedding. She's planning what's gonna happen. And this is what he says. He's got, I've got something different for you. What do you do with that? When <laughs> Gabriel says, I, I got something different for you. He, he's saying, look, I know you're freaking out, but it's really not that bad, okay? Let, let's read here in verse 30. The New Living translates it this way, and I, I love how it says this. It says, do not be afraid, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. Now, I don't know about you, but if an angel comes and tells me you found favor, I would be like, yes, favor is a good thing, right? Does that mean like I'm going to get like uh, my own TV show, like, you know, what's that TLC show for the something, yes to the dress, say yes to the dress, am I going to get my own, like, Jerusalem yes to the dress show, or oh, yeah, I found favor, what does that mean, he's going to pay for my wedding, I mean, this is great, I found favor from God, this is great, but the angel actually means a different type of favor altogether, okay, so why are we so often afraid of God's plans, number one, if you're taking notes, is because we often feel that we get interrupted in our lives but often what we think as interruptions are really God's invitations okay number two if you're taking notes is that God's purpose is often different than our plans God's purpose is often different than our plans than our plans okay and we see this in verse 31 through 33 the angel reveals God's purpose to this young girl and he says this you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus Verse 32, and he will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, the Lord God. Here's the powerful announcement here. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. So here's Mary, and she's like, wait a second. <laughs> I'm about to get married. This you know, angel appears, Gabriel appears, and interrupts her plans of a wedding day and tells her, hey, I know you want to get married and all this stuff, but we're going to fast forward this a little bit, and you're about to get pregnant. And she's like, wait, that wasn't really part of my plan, and then I'm supposed to call him what? Jesus? Like, I, he wasn't even on my list. Like, I was thinking like Hezekiah or Judah. Why, why Jesus, right? And so here she is. She's listening to all this, and she's just like, what is going on? And you can only imagine, you know, this teenage girl, as, as her emotions, they swing back and forth. You know, first, she's making plans to get married, so she's really happy. It's her wedding day. It's going on. You know, she's, she's excited about it. Emotions are high. And then Gabriel interrupts her. Angel interrupts her and says, you're highly favored. Wait, what's going on? And then he says, you know, you're going to get pregnant, and the Holy Spirit's going to make you pregnant. I mean, can you just imagine that conversation that she's about to have with her fiancé, Joseph? Like, how does that go, you know? Hey, Joey, you know, are, are you ready for this? Yeah, <laughs> sit down. I got some news for you. I, I, I know we were planning on getting married, but I'm, I'm going to be pregnant, and I'm about to give birth to a baby, and, and Joseph, imagine what he's thinking. Like, you're going to get married, and you're going to be pregnant before you get married. Uh, ho hold on a second. Like, this is not how we do it here in our culture, right? Because in our culture, if you get pregnant before you get married, they would stone you to death. 
Like, that's what's going on. So wait, this is not supposed to happen. And so imagine how she, what she's thinking in her world, just swinging back and forth. You know, you, and I don't know how this is going to play out in our lives, but it may play out in a bunch of different ways, right? Maybe you're here and you've been dreaming of a perfect, healthy family, and then you find out that you're getting a child who's going to be born with special needs, and it rocks your world. And you might be asking those questions, but why us? What did we do to deserve this? This is not what we were praying for. And all of a sudden, we have this on our laps, and you have no idea, though, the blessing that is behind this child and the way this child is going to turn out for you, how it's going to bring you closer to God and well up more love within your heart than you ever dreamed was even possible because his purposes may be different than our plans. Can someone say yes? You didn't say yes loud enough. Can you guys say yes? So you, you may lose a job. And you may be thinking, oh, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. How am I going to pay my bills? And you're rocked, and your world is turned upside down. And you're like, what, what do I do? And all of a sudden, you start doing what you thought about doing way back when, which was to start this business you always wanted to start. And then years from now, you look back, and you're like, oh, my word, I'm so happy that I lost my job. Because had I not lost my job, I, this, what I thought was a curse for me turned out to be such a huge blessing because now I get to do this business I always wanted to do and it's actually not doing that bad. I cannot tell you how many times I've had conversations with people who've told me, you know, I always thought I was gonna marry this person and I, that thing fell through and I didn't end up marrying that person and all of a sudden I ended up with this person or you know what, I, I never thought my marriage, it just... You know, I thought I was married to the perfect person. All of a sudden, my marriage just went south. It turned upside down. I never thought, you know, that this would ever work out. And, and, and so, you know, you never could think of this. How could I ever meet somebody this good? And, and they had no idea that God was preparing another person that was indescribably better suited to serve God together with this person. And they just couldn't see it at the time. God's purposes are so different than our plans. I remember a year ago in October, we, um, you guys, the church, they're all vineyard, they, they, it was so nice, you guys gave me a gift. A year ago, you guys gave us a little gift card, Marie and I, a gift card, and it was a gift card to go to the movies. Um, the only thing was that the movies was like the movie theater that's down the street here. Now, in case you don't know, Marie and I, we live further south, and we have a movie theater down the street from where we live. And so we got <laughs> this gift card that was like, not really down the street from where we live. So I was just curious. I was like, man, I'm so grateful we got this gift card. It's pretty cool, but, 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 but we live down the one next to us. Okay, I guess we're going to go. So whenever we made plans to go, we go, and, and I walk in, and this place is really, if you have never been, it's down the street, right up the mall, city place. I mean, when you go, not if you go, you guys got to go to this place. It's so, I mean, first I walk in, and it's ritzy. I'm like, whoa, this is like never coming back here because I could already tell this place is expensive, you know, but the gift card, you know, so we're like going in the gift card. We, we get the stuff and we go, and as we walk into the movie theater, we see the chairs. These chairs are like as big as a Toyota Corolla, right? <laughs> I mean, they are just super wide, and I'm like, whoa, and then we sit in the chairs, and I'm like, whoa, I, I think I would almost pay just to be able to sit, we don't have these chairs at home, you know, and then they have this little button that you press that your legs go up and your neck, you know, you go back at the same time, it's like, whoa, I, I would love to just take a nap right now in this chair, this is awesome, and I'm sitting with Marie, and I'm like, man, the only, and I'm talking to her, and I'm like, man, the only bad thing is that there's like this little arm bar right here, man, 
and Marie looks at me, and she smiles, and then she lifts the armbar, and I'm like, that's a sign from God, the end times. I'm like, send the kids to popcorn. We got to be quick right now. This is awesome. I love this. Um, and so, no, we enjoyed this movie, and it was amazing, this, this, this recliner, amazing experience. And I just felt like, you know, some of us, we have these plans in our minds. The movie theater down the street, in our little chair, when God is thinking, I got a different purpose for you. I got this recliner chair for you that if you would just say yes, you're going to experience me in a so much, in, in, in a different way than you thought altogether, than you ever imagined. God has plans to bless you and he has plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. And he will never, ever, you know, he, he'll never, ever let you down. Every now and then, we'll, we'll move into what we might call an interruption, but in reality, it's God's invitation to our lives. From his perspective, it's an invitation to something that's so different because his purposes are often different than our plans. Can somebody say yes? yes. Let's keep reading the story. And then the angel says to this young girl, and she responds back in verse 34, but how can this happen? How am I supposed to give birth to this baby? I, I'm not even... I've never been with a man. I'm a virgin. How can this happen? And she's like, I don't see. This is like totally an impot, like medically, logically, physically. Like this is not supposed to work out. I, I, it's absurd. And it would be like for me, in case you don't know, I am not a golfer at all. I have been down the street to the, um, the golf, the, the driving range that's down the street. You know that new place that just popped up? Yes, Top Golf. I've been there a few times and I've enjoyed it, but I mean, for me, I have miniature golf. I did that in middle school and high school, right? But, but I am not a golfer at all. And it would be like an angel appears to, you know, before me and an angel's like, hey, Abdi, you know that movie Billy Madison where that guy that doesn't play golf all of a sudden wins a tournament? That's gonna be you, except you're gonna win the US Open. And I would be like, you sure you got the right guy? Because <laughs> do, do you not know? <laughs> I do not play, like I've never played 18 holes. I've never played nine holes. That's not me. That's absurd, God. What are you talking about? That cannot happen. But that's what it would be like. That's something impossible. But that's what Marie, Mary's doing right here. She's like, I'm a virgin, and virgins don't give birth to babies. It's totally and completely impossible, God. And Gabriel's like, but listen, and I have news for you t today that there'll be a time I promise you, for all of you who are followers of Christ, that God is going to interrupt you with an invitation to something different. And his purpose is always going to be different than your plan. And he's going to ask you to have faith and believe in him. And you're going to look at it and you're going to say, but this is impossible. How is this ever going to work out? That doesn't sound like it could ever work out. I don't see, God, how you're going to make this work out. I don't see, God, how I'm supposed to, like, forgive someone after what they've done. It's impossible that I would forgive that person. God, I don't know how you're asking me to trust you and be generous, and I don't even have very much right now. I can't even, you know, make enough to pay the bills, and you're asking me to, to give? I don't see how that's possible. God, I don't believe you could ever heal my marriage after what's happened. There's no way we could have a good marriage again. And God, how in the world can you ever reconcile this relationship with my child after what they did, after what I said, after you know, all of this? I, it's broken, it's gone forever. God, there's no way you could heal this person that I love. I mean, the doctor said, right? They said, you might as well prepare for the end. It's totally and completely impossible. And that's what we see with Mary when she says, this is impossible. There is no, read my lips, Gabriel, the angel. There's no way that's gonna happen. I'm not, 
I'm not pregnant. I'm a virgin. I've never had a baby. What are you talking about? Look at verse 35. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. In other words, he's saying, look, this is not a job for your own efforts. This is not up to man to do. This is a totally, this is a God-sized job. By you, you'll never be able to do it. And look, at, keep reading, it says, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and will be called the Son of God. For how much is impossible? Can you see that in verse 37? Let's all read that. Would you read that with me, verse 37? For, oh, you don't have verse 37 up there? Do you have the next verse? 37? 36, 37, there's 35. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, verse 37, can you guys read it to me? Go ahead, four. Can you say it one more time so I can drink my tea? Four. So not all by yourself, but with God. Nothing is impossible with God. For nothing is impossible with God. I don't know who came to church today just for this moment. For there is someone here who's facing an obstacle. And you need to know that nothing is impossible with God. Can somebody say yes? yes. That what may be impossible with man is absolutely and completely possible with God. That we serve a God who is all-knowing, ever-present, and all-powerful. That one spoken word and God can intervene in any situation. Our God is that good in all things are possible with God. See, Mary says, no way, I don't see it. That's not supposed to happen. This couldn't ever happen. And the angel says, for nothing is impossible with God. I don't know how this is gonna happen, but I believe for all of you who are followers of Christ, there's gonna come a time when something interrupts you and you're gonna think, well, why is this in my life? I don't get it. I don't like that. This is inconvenient right now. But now, because of this message, your antenna is up. Your divine antenna is up. And, and now you're asking, but wait, could this be an invitation from God for purposes different than my plans? And God may ask you to believe something that may seem unbelievable or to attempt something that seems like you could never accomplish. And the truth is, on your own, you couldn't. Because without faith, it is impossible possible to please God. And so I want to ask you now, very, very simply, what is God asking you to do or asking you to believe? What is it that God is asking you to do or asking you to believe? If you're a follower of Christ, I believe with all my heart that our God is a speaking God and he's involved in your life and he wants to direct you and he wants to shape you and lead you and guide you. And what is he asking you to do? Some of you, the answer is going to be immediate. You already know. You already, you've been, but you've been resisting. Others of you, it may take a few moments or even a few days of praying, and God, what do you have next for me? In this season of my life, what are you directing me to do? For some of you, it's gonna come to you, and it's gonna be about, you know what, I'm supposed to start a ministry that God's put in my heart, 
And it's what I need to do. For some of you, it's to try to restore a relationship that's gone bad, and he's gonna direct you in the way that you should go. Some of you, he's gonna ask you to go back to college. John and I were talking about college a few moments ago, and he may ask you to go do that, go back to college or to take the step of faith and to change majors, to do something completely different. For some of you, it may be to reach out and to intervene on somebody, to help somebody out, to, you know, you know somebody is far from God and you think, you know, but I've already tried and there's just no way that this is ever gonna happen and, and they're just gonna resist. I already know what they're gonna do. Why is God asking me? Why is God asking you to do or believe? What is it that he's asking you to do or believe? And then when you get ready to respond, never forget this. If God is asking you to take that step of faith, write this down. Outcome is God's responsibility. Obedience is yours. Outcome is God's responsibility. Obedience is always and will always be and only God's responsibility. Obedience is yours. What's gonna happen? How are we gonna do this? What, how's it gonna come down? How's this gonna work out? Outcome, that's God's corner. That's his, that's his realm. That's his expertise, all right? Outcome is his responsibility. All you have to do is take the step of faith and obey. Tell yourself again, and again, you know what? Outcome is with God. Outcome is with God. Obedience is mine. Outcome is his. Outcome is his responsibility. Obedience is mine. And I can tell you, in our marriage and in our lives, we're living this in a new and a fresh way than we have in many, many years. We came here to Doral Vineyard out of obedience. We believed that God was calling us to serve here and to come alongside what God was doing in this church and God had put a burden in my heart years and years ago to, to lead a church. And, and I was actually at Tony's small group a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about how do you hear God's voice. And I was sharing about how I heard God's voice back when I was nine years old, and I felt like God had spoken to me to do this. But I wasn't sure how this was going to play out. I didn't see how it was going to work out how this was gonna work out. And so Marie and I just decided when we got this opportunity, we got interrupted with our plans. We had our own path we were going on and we got interrupted and, and this was an invitation. We felt like it was an invitation from God and we're just gonna invest our lives into this. And we didn't know where to start. We didn't know how to do this. We started doing some research, taking some classes and learning, right? We it took a baby step after baby step and, and then we decided, you know what? We're gonna do this. And then a year after being here, I was interrupted with the renewal lease of this facility. And I was like, man, I, I just got here. I don't even know how this is gonna play out, but they're asking me to renew for seven years, and I don't know if I can do that. And they're, they're giving me this opportunity, but I'm not sure, and I don't know if we're, if we're supposed to do this or not. And even though I just felt like I had just gotten here, right, I felt like God was inviting me to sign up for seven more years. And so I said, you know what? Let's do it. And miraculously, miraculously, things that were issues for years and years for this church, things that were issues for a long time, for example, like the AC unit, if any of you are cold today, <laughs> for so long, the AC unit in this place was not working properly. At any moment, it was about to shut down. In case you don't know, and maybe you don't know, I didn't know, but this is a huge AC unit, 40 tons, 40, yes, and it's really, really big. There's one on top of the roof and one inside here. And for years and years, the church thought that we were going to get slammed with a $40,000 debt to, to get a new AC unit. And we didn't know how it was going to work out. Once we signed the renewal of that lease, the AC unit was free. They threw it in there, and we got it for free. You know, our rent went up, and every year it goes up. But at the end of seven years, we're going to pay what 
still below the fair market value of what's happening when we first signed it. Does that make sense? Every year in Doral, the, the market value is going to go up. Prices go up, everything. But what we pay at the end of seven is still lower than what people are paying now for what this space is. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. And it's crazy, a story that I still can't get over. And if you look around, you know, you can see we got some, some space here to grow. And it's, if you look around, we, we see that. And yet we've never missed a payment in our rent. We've never missed a bill. We've paid all of our bills electric rent, people who love what God is doing here at Doral Vineyard. They may not come because they live elsewhere, they live outside, but they have given, they've heard the stories of people's lives being changed here, and they give generously. And let me tell you, we're already making plans, and I know some of you are like, what? We're already making plans to, to open up a satellite campus. We're already making plans to purchase a property of our own, and so you're like, what? That's kind of crazy. But yeah, that's what God has placed in our hearts. You know, we're, 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 we're st- it hasn't stopped us from planting churches in different countries, like in Laos, which is a country in Southeast Asia. We're planting churches in Cuba, you know, planting churches all over the United States. We, we put our monies in a pot with other churches, and we're giving to help pastors plant churches and build churches up because we're like, you know what? God has called us to this. You know, and we give out of our monies to help plant churches. And what's happening? Here's the deal. We could have never predicted the outcome. We could have never imagined that. All we could do is be obedient with the next step. And obedience is ours. Outcome is God's. And I don't know how this will play out for you, but there's gonna come a time when God is gonna call you to trust him. And he wants you to maybe to start a small group. But you're like, I don't know. I don't know when I can do it. Look, I'm so busy. How are we going to pull this off? Don't worry about that part. No, 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 no. Just obey. Just obey. Obedience is yours. Trust him with the outcome. Well, God is calling me to tithe. I don't even know if I have enough to to pay the bills. Or God is calling me to give a big year-end gift to the church, but I don't understand. Listen, obedience is yours outcome is his oh but we've got three children and now with this foster kid thing i feel like we're supposed to do another one and you know have another child but transportation is going to be an issue i don't see how that's going to work out listen i don't know how they're going to interact with my kids you just obey obedience is your part outcome is god's part and you simply surrender yourself to him just like this young teenage girl she did two thousand years ago right? In God's goodness and in his sovereign plan, he interrupted her with an invitation to a higher calling because his purpose was different than her plans. And in her mind, she couldn't conceive how it was possible. But she had to remember that all things are possible with their God. And so the angel, he just puts this opportunity in front of her, just as I believe God is putting, uh, uh, and he's going to put opportunities in front of you for something greater, right? And how did she respond? Look at verse 38. She responded, and I love this. The first thing she says is, is it up there? What does she say? I am the Lord's servant. In other words, before she says anything else, she reminds herself of who she is and whose she is, right? I belong to the king of kings. He's my Lord and I'm called to serve him. And even though I don't understand and I can't figure it all out right now, all I know is that, and I know it's gonna cost me, I know it's gonna cost me, it's probably gonna be harder than anything I could ever imagine, but you know what? I belong to him and because I belong to him, I can trust him with the outcome. I will be obedient. And then she says one of the greatest 
faith-filled statements in the Bible. She says this in verse 38. May everything you have said about me come true. In other words, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. I have no fear whatsoever about your plans for me because I am the Lord's servant. I know my God and his plans for me are good and he is just and he is loving and if he interrupts me with something that's inconvenient for me, then I want to surrender to whatever, I want to surrender myself to whatever he wants for my life because his ways are higher than my ways and his purpose is higher than my purpose and his plans are higher than my plans and his thoughts are higher than I could ever imagine. Therefore, I remember who I am. I am a servant of the Most High God. Therefore, may it be done to me, may it be done to me according to your word. May everything you have said about me come true because ultimately outcome is yours, God. Obedience is my part. Would you bow your heads let me pray with you today? Father, I pray today that the power of your Holy Spirit would help us to be obedient, to do, God, what you have called us to do. And as you take a moment today and pray, I'm gonna ask you just very simply a couple questions. And the first one is this, and I want you to think about for a moment, I'm gonna ask you if you'll commit to praying and obeying. That's my question. Will you commit to pray and obey? And I don't know what this process will look like for you, but maybe in your small group and in your family with your close friends, I'm just gonna challenge you to say, God, what are you leading me to do? What are you leading me to believe? And then as you believe, you get direction from God. And I'm gonna challenge you just to take that next step. Whatever it is, just take that next step. Trust him with the outcome and you simply obey. Just pray and obey. Those of you who would say that, you know what? I really do. I, I believe that he'll interrupt me and his interruptions may be an invitation to something better. I wanna trust him with everything. I wanna, I wanna be fully surrendered to him and I commit. I commit, I'm gonna pray, and whatever he directs me to do, I'm gonna commit to obey. If that's you, would you just stand with me right now, just all over this place? I wanna tell you that I am so blessed to be a part of this church, full of people who really want to know his will and to follow it. And so we're gonna pray, God, I thank you for those who are courageous enough to say, God, I don't want my will, I don't want my plans, I don't want my dreams, I want yours. Just like Mary, God, help us to remember who you are, surrender to you as true servants, not serving our desires, our plans, our goals, but God wanting to do what you created us to, to accomplish and to bring glory to your name. God, I pray that there would be rich conversations in families and amongst friends and in small groups this week and that we would talk very openly about what, your what you are guiding us to do. God, if there's nothing, I pray that we would press into you until we hear from you. And God, give us courage to take the step of faith even when we don't know exactly what you're gonna do. God, thank you that we can trust you with the outcome. And God, we just wanna be obedient to what you're calling us to do. And as you keep praying today, there are some of you that if you're just really honest, you'd have to admit you cannot say with integrity that you are the Lord's servant. You can't say it. You wouldn't say it. It wouldn't be true. He's not first in your life, and you know 
that when we talk about the virgin birth and someone might be here, why does that even matter, a virgin birth? I don't get it. Let me just tell you why. It matters more than I could just possibly describe. The fact that Mary was a virgin, it means that she did not conceive based on an earthly father who has a sin nature, but by a heavenly father with a divine nature. That's why Jesus was born without sin. That's why he could be the perfect sacrifice for all of our sins on the cross. That's why he was raised from the dead and people all over the New Testament were willing to give their lives for him because he was dead and he rose again so that anyone who calls on his name would be saved and be forgiven. And there are those of you today that you would recognize, you know what, I need to surrender to him. And you may think, but, but, but first I need to clean up my life a little bit. You know, I, I need to get better and I need to stop doing bad things. And let me just tell you right now, n- no. You just come to him exactly as you are. You come to him exactly as you are. And when you turn from your sins and you turn toward him, he'll forgive every sin you've ever committed. And he will make you brand new. And there are those of you right now that you recognize, you know what, I'm not serving him, I'm serving myself, and I want to turn away from my sins. And today I'm, I'm surrendering my life to him. I want to know him, and I, I want to serve him, and I want to be a servant. And so today by faith, I give my life to Jesus. If that's your prayer, would you just lift your, your hand with me right now and just say, yep, that's my prayer. I see these hands up here in the front. God bless you. You guys can put them down. I see these two hands up here in the front. God bless you. You can put them down. Anyone else in the back there? Section over here. Anyone else? All right, let's pray. I want all all of us here to pray. Nobody prays alone, okay? Everybody pray together. Would you pray? Heavenly Father, today I trust you to be my Savior and to be my Lord. Forgive me of all my sins and make me brand new. I submit my life completely to you. I want to be your servant. I want to be what you have called me to be. I want you to be my Lord. My life is not my own. Today, I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Would you celebrate with me?